Welcome everybody to another GateWorld fan commentary. I'm Darren. I'm David. And today we're watching Torment of Tantalus, one of the very best episodes of SG-1 Season 1. In fact, this is our winner for the fan-rated favorite episode for our SG-1 Season 1 awards. Everyone will recognize Paul McGillian from Stargate Atlantis. This was uh, his first Stargate appearance as, as the younger version of Ernest Littlefield. So he's one of those guys in the white lab coats there? Mm-hmm. And we'll see him a little bit more later. What year is this supposed to be? 1940? 45, I think. This is 45? Okay. Yeah, I think Daniel's going to tell us here in a minute. So we pull back and Daniel is watching footage, archival footage from the Stargate program, which makes a lot of sense. We know from something like Stargate Continuum that comes much later that the gate which was discovered in Egypt in 1928, ended up being shipped to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and held by the government. Since uh, like the 30s, wasn't it? Yeah, like 1939, the outbreak of World War II, I think. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. This is, uh, this is a great episode that, that takes a lot from the, um, the feature film. Catherine Langford, right. we, um, she's carried over from the movie. We find out what happened to her. Played by Elizabeth Hoffman in this episode, one of my favorite actresses. Had the privilege of interviewing her a couple of years ago for the site. Yeah, so early on in the show's first season, it makes sense that you sort of mine the original feature film for for ideas like this. This one and Cold Lazarus, probably, the most. Yeah, yeah, with Jack's, Jack's backstory. So what if Stargate Command, you know, the the U.S. government had been experimenting with the gate for decades by this point, had actually accidentally managed to dial a valid gate address? It's like Nemo about to go through the gate. <laughs> yeah, in his in his little deep sea diver suit, which makes total sense with the the puddle horizon. Oh, it looks like a pool. Mm-hmm. He's walking into a sideways swimming pool. This, I, when I first saw this, this just blew my mind. Such a well, great it changes piece. everything that we know. You know, at that point, everything that we knew is put into question. Yeah, Jack says it best. So, Torment of Channelists is episode one ten. Um, the original air date was October 3rd of 1997. It was syndicated November 9th of 98. So that's about the time that I first saw it. Written so by Robert Cooper, ago. directed by Jonathan Glasner. Mm. Yeah, this was one of the first of many great Robert Cooper episodes. Really sort of busts out the mythology of the series. It's with a very what key SG-1 mythology episode. Going to be discovering here in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Everyone has aged so much since these episodes. Show really withstands the test of time. I mean, it's been about a year since I've seen this one, but mm-hmm. um, it's a good show. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a few years. I'm actually excited about watching it with you right now. <laughs> Me too. So, instead of going through the Stargate, we start back on Earth, of course. 
And who is this lovely lady? This is Catherine Langford, played by Elizabeth Hoffman. Um, she was uh, in Next Generation, an episode called The Price. She was uh, in Dante's Peak. She was in Sisters. His reaction so, to her is very similar to James, uh, to James Spader's in the feature film. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, both of these characters, of course, set off the events of the feature film, but they've they've both been recast here for SG-1. Mm-hmm. And look what she's got around her neck. The amulet. Very important prop from the, from the feature film. I think this one is a little bit larger than the uh, the version that's in the movie. I may be wrong, but... Typical Daniel goes off on his own. Yeah, I suppose... Uh, he doesn't Catherine consider himself really bound by the chain of command. Right. At this point. So he's and really she, not supposed to be here. And she's upset. I guess that General West probably would have kept her in the loop, and Hammond just didn't. Yeah, that could be when, when command changed over. Mm-hmm. She got sort of... He took his Rolodex with him. Pushed out of the loop, yeah. I mean, it may be something, it may be as simple as that, you know? And that administration switched over. Mm-hmm. That's a valid point. She didn't tell him everything either. So as far as she knows, she's never seen that footage of the gate active, presumably. No, she hasn't. As as she she knows, didn't know that they turned it on. Ernest was killed in an accident. It was a fire, wasn't it? serving tea <laughs> mm-hmm. of course we learn when we see her again in, in 1969 in season 2 that she's she's like close enough that she has some information she knows where mm-hmm. the gate is being kept but she's mm-hmm. definitely not in the loop it's not well, it's her, her project at this time. I mean I don't know was it still her property in the 60s I mean was it technically hers or did is the US government just holding it for her I, because... I think the government basically seized seized control of it from from the little fields that would be my guess okay. and there's dr beckett dr he beckett looks so young and handsome Catherine langford i think was played by the i think she's she's been played that's the one character that's been played by the most actresses in, yeah that's that's got all be. of i think it's a record so how you have the episodes? two from the feature film. You have the two from from this episode, and okay, then so you, the two in the feature film would be the little girl. You mean the little girl and and Vivica Lynn first, and then you have the two in this episode, and then you have uh, the one in 1969 played by Eli's mother. Yeah, Glennis Davies. Glennis Davies. That's right. So five different actresses. Five different actresses Catherine. have played Catherine. <laughs> and then, of course, her character is sort of. Uh, is brought to an end at one point. We find out that she's passed away mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. years from now. Well, they offered her Mobius, uh, Elizabeth Hoffman. Oh, is that right? They offered it to her. Have you not listened to my interview with her? And um, oh, It's been a long time. And, uh, yeah. 
she she turned it down and so they killed her <laughs> okay so, and after i told her about the premise she actually said to me you know what part of me wishes i'd done it now yeah mm. and that was a validation for me i was like oh that's cool mm. you know even She's though very important she's very important in stargate mythology yeah she is the matriarch that is her gate now is this dad here is this this is this is professor langford Professor Langford, who found the gate in 1928. Yep. I think it's interesting. Uh, Catherine just said she was 21 and 45, which would have put her th- all of three years old or four years old in 28. Hmm. Even though she's about, what, 9, 10 in the movie? Yeah, she sure looks it. Ernest has a mm. job to do. Mm-hmm. She's nudging him. He's apparently supposed to talk to Dad about something. Asking for his daughter's hand in marriage, I guess. Yeah. Nice transition. Mm-hmm. I think Glasner really wanted to direct, and this was just this is one of the bones that they threw him. And he just pulled it off really well. He proved that he mm-hmm. could do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he brought it with him. One of Daniel's many they can't file charges against me because I'm a civilian moments. He's just so valuable to the program. And nothing that he did was really criminal. I mean, yeah. He was just under the impression that, you know, she should be involved. Yeah, and there it is. Dad just shows up and tells her there was an explosion in the lab. And Ernest was killed. Yeah, he kind of did, kid. And this now is more than 50 years later. I think it's doubtful that Ernest could have survived on a planet that hostile for so long, but I mean as frail as he is when you when you see when you see him. Yeah. And when we see the sort of environment that the facility, the the sort of castle or whatever it is. Mhm. That environment, I mean, I don't know. Is he going out there finding fruit trees nearby? It's the only thing I... Either that or he's fishing, you know? Mm. Um, this is such a nice little character moment. She tells Daniel that he reminded her of Ernest. That's a great beat. We sold these at uh, the Stargate auction. Oh, the prop auctions? Mm-hmm. I sure did. These sheets. Hmm. There's a few things from this episode that we have. Hmm. So in 1945, these guys were manually spinning the inner track of the Stargate and just sort of by dumb luck hit upon yeah. a valid address. Yeah. Probably like a one in 2,000 chance or something. 
or more. Who knows how long they were at it? Yeah. <laughs> nice tie-in with the movie mentioning General West we owe her information mm-hmm. remember what she said into the military in the movie I was promised that I would have complete autonomy autonomy with autonomy. autonomy yeah yeah why you That's here? Why about. they choose you? Exactly. It's um, the character so interesting in the movie. That was one thing that threw me off about about the casting of Elizabeth Hoffman. Was she? She just seems so sort of American. She mm-hmm. it, and it was a, a deliberate choice not to carry the accent over. Mm-hmm. It's what she said. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want it. Oh. Which I thought was interesting. Um, this thick European accent is just gone. Is that sort of like they didn't want Daniel to have to say shaori all the time? It was just it was just one of those things that that wasn't important when they transferred it to the series. Mm. You know. And this is this is an interesting beat right here. This is so nice. It it just it just thickens the fabric of the continuity. Well, it, it, it makes sense that, that they would have known one another. Yeah, Sam was a part of this long before she sort of waltzed in in Children of the Gods. You know, she was working on the Stargate program. Gary Michaels, with, Barbara Shore, with you know, they're, they're all involved. Yeah, for a couple of years before Daniel managed to open the thing. And this is a big, this is a big piece here. The ghoul didn't make the Stargates. The ghoul did not make the Stargates, that's right. We did not know this for sure until this point. And Tilk knew it all along. It's like the Golder Scavengers. Of course they didn't make the Stargate. <laughs> well, you didn't bother telling us. <laughs> you By speak. The way. Beautiful. It's a beautiful Hammond moment. Yep. This is and as close as sort this of planet the is... start. This Go is ahead. sort of the start of of we do not leave our people behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's one of ours, even if he was, uh, you know, some white lab coat working mm-hmm. here fifty years ago. Well, the planet could be of great strategic importance because it's so close to the it's so close to Earth, you know. So there would be a there would be a legitimate reason to check it out anyway. Mm-hmm. And of course, her relationship with Jack O'Neill has softened since the film, since Jack O'Neill has softened. Oh, the characters changed a lot. Yeah. I guess you could probably say that he's at peace now, so. Mm hmm. That's cool. She's never been through it. Yeah. It's kind of like they're helping a little old lady cross the road, <laughs> cross the intergalactic road. <laughs> It's got to be a record. <laughs> and we see where we are now. This building looks a little crumbly. I think you. I think the Stargate weakened, weakened the structure. 
I I mean, I don't think it was just a coincidence that that day they decided to. Uh, that day, the castle decided to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dialing the Stargate, especially if it is in the shape that Earth's was uh, at the beginning of the series, and every time you dial it, it shakes violently. Mm-hmm. Well, sense. it does shake. The only reason that the it doesn't shake on Earth's side anymore is they, they installed these sound dampeners or these... Yeah, but presumably kind of a... on other planets, it's not causing earthquakes. Minor right, but time. the foundation is probably still being disturbed by it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a naked man! <laughs> now, if I was by myself in a big castle for 50 years... I'd probably not wear any pants either. It's not something that you'd worry about after 50 years. I mean, protection from the elements, if that was necessary, then yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it just wouldn't... Yeah, he's got a little tunic around here somewhere. Hasn't heard spoken speech in 50 years. <laughs> I would do that too. Mm-hmm. For real. Beautifully played by King Curtis. This is a pretty straightforward episode, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Some great beats. This is what Stargate does best. They do beats that are both very funny and very touching at the same time. profound moment here and it's just like eh the music swells the long lost love and he recognizes her That's a great. That's so great. Yeah. A nice establishing shot of this this big palace. I've got the, the artwork of that. And Daniel is about to make a mm-hmm. discovery. Mm-hmm. A discovery that changes everything. Not only was The Torment of Tantalus voted the fan-favorite episode from season one, but this discovery was also voted the best Daniel moment of the season. I mean, it's one of the five most important scenes in the whole franchise, I would say. Mm. You know, the one that comes in a little bit. I never noticed that before. It looks like this probably was his his deep sea diver yeah. suit. That's yeah, sort of, it's just the the helmet is ripped off. Yeah, falling apart and obviously ratty after fifty years. Yeah. 
Nobody. He's got a little cot there, a little bowl, maybe a water jug. Yeah, he does have a piece of fruit there, doesn't he? There's a little something. Is that what that was? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Meanwhile... Someone go and check out the DHD. Oh, yeah, now she's now she's just hit, beating herself up. Yeah, as as wonderful as the reunion is and the idea of finding your long lost love and being able to live out the last few years of your life together. Mm-hmm. It's uh I don't know. Are they I own taking? three of these pages. Yeah. Those are beautiful. We, we sold that at the first uh first Stargate auction. The others were gone. That's basically the name that everyone adopted for that planet. Yeah, Daniel notes that it comes from mythology, but uh, it, it works as a name for this planet, basically. No symbols for Ra. The the prop auctions end up with this journal. That's actually Daniel's. I didn't realize that he got that from this episode. Yeah, this is. I th I'm pretty positive that this is Daniel's book that he later takes. Mm. So where'd the prop end up? Did you ever see it? Yeah, we sold it. Okay. Very sweet stuff from Ernest's journal. He, he either goes crazy or he sort of protects his sanity by mm -hmm. imagining that Catherine is there with him. Mm -hmm. And writing in his journal as if he's not alone. I just saw Castaway, and it's, it, I mean, I, have you seen that with Wilson? Yep. It's amazing what people do to survive. Yeah, perfectly normal, well-adjusted people. And it's hard to say that they're crazy because they did did stuff like that. It's they're doing what they have to do to survive. Mechanism. Yeah. It's right. a coping mechanism. It's heartbreaking. Did Catherine ever get married? Uh, throughout the sh if, at, before this point, no. I think she was always alone. Okay. 
Fifty year engagement though, that's pretty prolonged. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same book. I'm pretty positive because huh. I've opened it and and seen those pages inside of it. Michael Shanks was actually looking for it when this when the show ended and and he couldn't find it and oh, then really? we got it and then we sold it uh, to a lovely couple who took it to a convention and he said, "You found it." <laughs> and he was like, "Nice." He cooed over it a lot. He took it on stage and read from it, like nice. he was reading some kind of a diary. And that's awesome. Let's just go home. So Daniel has not even discovered the light show no. and the four great races yet, but he still wants to stay and, and sort of learn more about this place. Oops. Obviously. Yeah, sending the MELP through ahead of time can do a lot for us, but it's still risky going through the gate. You also could have used an address, but yeah. Yeah. I suppose in 50 years he'd probably eventually hit it <laughs> or dial another planet. I always wonder when I'm watching establishing shots like that, how much, I mean, this is 1997, how much they're doing CG establishing shots at this point. No, that's a matte painting still. They're doing it's, matte paintings. Yeah, it's still a matte painting. But it's, I mean, it's got video elements, obviously, and I mean, mm -hmm. you've got the the lightning and you've got the, the sea. So it's a kind of a, a bunch of everything. And now, things get interesting. Yeah. Four panels on the wall around this room, and they all uh -huh. have a different style of alien writing. The ancient writing is sideways. Is it? Uh-huh. Asgard. I suppose. There's the ancient is sideways. If only Never they had, had Jack's instruction manual from the following year. <laughs> Never had a DHD to tinker with on Earth to learn how it works. Mm -hmm. Not at this point.
did we ever have any idea of what it is that it's displaying? Is it a written history? Is it is it law? Is it law? It, I mean, what what is it? Well, they it's not just an alphabet. It. Well, I don't know. They identify it here in terms of you know the basic elements of the universe. Um, right, that's the language. But yeah, what I is it saying? It's an alphabet. I'm not sure if something is written. But you've got to be right, some, could some be. sort of a historical record or a, a charter. Yeah. Put it together, Daniel. Here it comes. What a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, so he thinks of it in terms of a page. Yeah, it's and it's some you, kind of a charter. Or a... When you turn the page, it displays different characters differently. More. <laughs> Hello, standing right here. No. Jack is so practical. Of course, he's right. Well, this whole thing is escape about to fall is into the, the ocean. first thing. Yeah. And Ernest puts it well later. What good is knowledge if you can't share it? Yeah. I mean, as important as this is, remember, you know, we're ten episodes into season one here. Really, what we learn is that there was an alliance of four advanced races. And, and we that's just know... reinforced in season two in the fifth race. Yeah, until the fifth race, we don't even know who they were, what they were. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we figure out between now and then that one of them is the Asgard, Thor's race, because the the script is similar mm-hmm. to that. It's, it's runes. That we find on, on Samaria, I think. But yeah, it's fifth race. It's over a year from now before we hear the names like the Furlings. Uh, before we know that the Nox, who at this point SG One has already met the Nox, yeah, but uh, they before we know that know they were one of the four this. races. It was a good first try. But not meant to be. And we've now lost the DHG completely, which is what they were using as a power source. 
It fell very cleanly through that floor. Didn't yeah, it, it did. <laughs> like a horda burning a hole through it. Yeah. I like that. Oh, he's already putting it together as the Asgard. Mm -hmm. Yep, he's got it. <laughs> so they've already been to uh, Samaria at this point. Yeah, they, they haven't seen an actual Asgard, but they've seen right. the Thor projection. Right. <laughs> very good. That's very helpful. Teaches us a little bit about how the Stargate works. Mm-hmm. The inner track will only unlock when there's enough energy. Yeah, and it stores power in, in reservoirs that are actually within the structure of the gate itself. That would be useless. <laughs> I said that. Exactly right. It's a grid. Guy's been here for 50 years. Daniel, we've got to blow it up. Got to blow up another one of your favorite things. Mm -hmm. The hammer that could have helped Shari... What good is it if you can't share it? All right, stop quoting it ahead of time. I know, but it's important. <laughs> You're not powerful enough. <laughs> and he's got to give in to practicality. Don't make us zat you. Oh, wait, we don't have zats yet. Don't make us zat you next year. Yeah, shooting I'm, it is probably not a good idea. Maybe we should look for an access panel first. Yeah. Doesn't even work. <sighs> Shoot it. Now nothing. You know, we sort of take communication for granted on Stargate, that we can talk to other alien races and that they can understand us. You know, well, it's necessary when you have a 44-minute show. Or whatever. Is the idea here that, that this universal language actually enabled these four races to talk to each other? It's possible. They couldn't, they, they couldn't understand each other's languages? They probably had a written and, and verbal language put together. It would make sense. Hmm. 
That would be my fear as well. 1.21 gigawatts of electricity, <laughs> is that it? Exactly. Maybe just a little bit too much. Exactly, but we got to get Stargate up to 88 miles per hour. <laughs> if we want to get back to 1985. Oh, gosh. Such a great episode all around. There's heart, mm-hmm. there's humor. The team is working together here. Sam is getting creative, coming up with a plan to, to dial the gate. Really beautiful use of of the Greek mythology here with with Tantalus. And the moral is: Did he volunteer, or did Doctor Langford send him through? He looked pretty happy when he was getting the helmet put on. Yeah, I think he he did. I think that's what he means by he says I was a fool. Yeah. So Tantalus is a metaphor for Ernest. And Daniel. Grabbing this. And right now, in, in 1997, it's a metaphor for Daniel. But fortunately, Ernest has learned that lesson that he can help Daniel with. And that's what he's going to do here. So get your ass out of here. Oh, King Kurt is such a great actor. I mean, he's almost mm-hmm. weeping there in that last line, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he did some good stuff. Yeah, unfortunately the world lost King Curtis a few years ago. Yep. We, uh, yep. we have not had to write very many obituaries for, for Stargate actors, but his was one that I had to write. Didn't you do Don's as well? I did, yeah. I mean, Keen is only in this episode, uh, but it's such yeah. an important character, and he, he just... It's absolutely his A-game. Mm-hmm. It is 64,000 pounds. Are you going to unbury it? Yeah. And we have great Jack and Daniel stuff here, too. Mm-hmm. So true to their characters. And this is really establishing their characters and their relationship early on. Jack is willing to drag Daniel away. But he's not to the point of beating them over the head with the butt of his pistol yet. Yeah. And ultimately, Daniel's going to do the right thing. Well, it's important for Daniel to make the choice himself. Yeah. You know, and he does. Oh, it's open. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> what are those gloves that Tilk just took off and dropped? I don't know. Go on, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> 
the whole building is crashing down on top of them. There's Walter. There he is. Get through there. Cool. Great hero moment for both of them. Diving mm-hmm. through at the last moment. At least he's got the book. He's got the, the journal, yeah, right there. And presumably his video camera. I think we see that video, don't we? We do? Later on, in, uh, I'm thinking maybe Thor's chariot. When they're talking about the Asgard again. Doesn't he show off his video of the, the runes on the wall? It's possible. I do think that we... I mean, I know that we see the plaque. Like, uh, the, the whole Asgard wall. Daniel's Daniel's not only going to run into the aliens, he's going to become an ancient at some point. In a matter of speaking. You have no hair, but I still love you. Yeah, but he has trousers now. He does have trousers. And these two get to live happily ever after. Now you're not talking about Jack and Daniel, right? Those two, too. Everybody gets <laughs> to live happily ever after. Torment of Tantalus, everyone. What a great episode. Still holds up. It does. There's humor, there's heart, there's uh, mythology, there's Sam talking tech, there's Jack and Daniel. What a great episode. And it's still a 10 out of 10. Does everything that it should and more. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll come back around for season two and pick a couple of our favorite episodes. Yes, looking forward to that. Maybe a couple surprises real soon. Wormhole disengaged.